It's time to break down the Buffalo Bills week five opponent, the challenges they present, and what the Bills need to do to deal with them today on Locked On Bills. You are Locked On Bills, your daily Buffalo Bills podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Bills Mafia? It's Joe Marino, author of Go Bills and Buffalo's Run, also the co-host of the Lockdown NFL Scouting Podcast, and I'm your host of Lockdown Bills. Want to thank you for making Lockdown Bills your first listen every day, and a big welcome and shout out to our everydayers. You know who you are. Those of you who never miss a single episode, I appreciate y'all being here very, very much. I'd also like to invite you to subscribe or follow for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to podcasts. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This episode is brought to you by Prize Picks, the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to prizepicks.com slash NFL and use code LOCKEDONNFL for a first deposit match up to $100. Well, folks, it's time to focus on week five. The Buffalo Bills are in London as the home team, air quotes, home team, to face the Jacksonville Jaguars. The game will be played on Sunday, October 8th at 9.30 a.m. Eastern time at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium in London. You heard that correctly, 9.30 a.m. Eastern time. So you got to wake up on Sunday, get in front of your TV, and watch the Bills play. The game will be broadcasted on NFL Network. Rich Eisen is on the play-by-play. Kurt Warner is the game analyst. And Jamie Erdhall is a sideline reporter. This is going to be the 19th all-time meeting between the Bills and Jaguars. And the teams have split the first 18 matchups. The Bills are 9-9 and all-time against Jacksonville. The last meeting was 2021, a game we'd all love to forget, but we can't. A 9-6 Jaguars win against that dreadful team coached by Urban Meyer. The Bills had a rough day that day. Turnovers, had some early penalties. You just felt like they weren't themselves at all. And the loss probably cost the Bills the number one seed in the playoffs that year. And so you certainly feel like you're ready to get some revenge, I guess is the word. Uh, But that was an ugly game. One of the most ugly games I can remember under Sean McDermott. Sean McDermott is one and two in three career games against Jacksonville. The Bills enter this game 3-1. and one. The Jaguars are 2-2. Two and two. Looking at the Jaguars' season, they beat the Colts in Week 1, 31-21. They lost to Kansas City in Week 2, 17-9. Then they lost in Week 3 to Houston, 37-17. And then last week, they beat the Falcons, 23-7, in London. And that's such an interesting dynamic with this Jaguars team, who... They're staying out there playing consecutive weeks in London. And, of course, the Bills are flying in after practice on Thursday. And so the big question is, who does that benefit? You know, the Bills have been very accustomed to weird scheduling, whether it's been playing home games in Detroit, time switches. Remember the COVID year, they're playing on Tuesdays. I mean, the Bills have been very accustomed to disruptions in their normal routines, and they've handled that quite well. Meanwhile, the Jaguars are very accustomed to playing in London, but they've never played their back-to-back weeks. And you start to ask yourself, well, 
You got a bunch of grown men away from their families. I'm guessing they probably want to get home and into their routine, and they've been there for quite some time. So I'm not sure who it benefits, and um, it'll be interesting to find out. I think it's going to be uh, a regular football game, right? I think you're going to see the Bills play their traditional style. I don't think they're going to be sluggish. Like I said, they're, they have great leadership, and they've handled these types of circumstances quite well in the past. And then, you know, Jacksonville, they're been, they've been down there. They, they know that they don't want to fly back to Jacksonville with a loss. So there's, there's probably going to be a lot more normalcy to this than we anticipate in terms of who gets the advantage based on the scheduling dynamics. Head coach of the Jaguars is Doug Peterson, 55 years old. He's in his second season as the head coach in Jacksonville, and he was the Eagles head coach for five seasons previously. In Philadelphia, he went 53-47-1. They won the Super Bowl in 2017, which was his second season. And then he followed that up with two 9-7 campaigns and then 4-11-1 in his final season, and that was it. Did not coach in 2021, became Jacksonville's head coach in 2022, and they were 9-8 and eight his first year. They got hot at the end of the season. The Titans fell apart and Jacksonville won the AFC South, and then they went on to win a playoff game over the Chargers, an incredible comeback. You probably remember that. And then they faced Kansas City in the divisional round and lost by seven points. So far this year, they're 2-2. Two and two. Jacksonville is not playing their best football yet this year. They've had some costly turnovers. They've had costly drops. They've not played good situational football. They've really struggled on third downs and in the red zone. Now, we'll talk about all of that here in just a moment. Uh, but they've had some ch some challenges. They haven't played their best football, and they've had a really just kind of an interesting quarterback slate. They faced Anthony Richardson, a rookie quarterback, in his first start. Then, of course, Mahomes. And then it's C.J. Stroud in his third career start. And then Desmond Ritter last week, who might be the worst starting quarterback in the NFL and second-year player out of Cincinnati. Very, very interesting dynamics with their quarterback schedule to this point. So three very young quarterbacks. Patrick Mahomes and now Josh Allen's coming to face them in London. So very, very interesting. Uh, the quarterback of the Jacksonville Jaguars is Trevor Lawrence, six foot six, two hundred and fifteen pounds. His birthday is October sixth, and he turns twenty four years old on October sixth, which is Friday of this week. Was a first round pick, number one overall by the Jaguars out of Clemson. Has started every game since he was drafted. 38 starts to this point, and the Jaguars have a 14-24 and 24 record in those starts. Have to remember his rookie year, 3-14 and 14 with Urban Meyer as the head coach that year, and then obviously a much more stable situation with Doug Peterson taking over. Had major growth from year one to year two, uh, so 2021 to 2022. Last year, 66% completion percentage, over 4,000 yards passing, 25 touchdowns, 8 interceptions and a passer rating of 95.2. So far this year, the production hasn't been that overwhelming, right? I think there's some dynamics here offensively that have taken away from his production, but he's completing 67% of his passes, 236 yards per game, only four touchdown passes, two interceptions, and a passer rating of 89. Let's get into some metrics that matter with Trevor Lawrence. His average time to throw 2.45 seconds, which is the fifth highest in the NFL. It's about where it was last year. And so 60% of the time, the ball comes out in under two and a half seconds. 40% it comes out 
in longer than two and a half two and a half seconds. Now, what really inflates his average time to throw is the amount of screens in this offense. 18% of Trevor Lawrence's passing plays are screens, which is a really, really, really high mark. It's the highest in the NFL. I remember Doug Peterson came up under Andy Reid, so that screen emphasis is going to be part of it. So when you think about Trevor Lawrence, you don't think about this very quick-triggered quarterback, but the volume of screens really kind of brings down his average time to throw. Trevor Lawrence's average depth of target is 7.2 yards from the line of scrimmage, fifth lowest in the NFL. Again, screen passes. Those are oftentimes thrown behind the line of scrimmage. So, you know, his average depth of target, his average time to throw are heavily influenced by an 18% screen rate. Um, 10.5% of Trevor Lawrence's throws are 20 yards or more down the field. That's not very often. That's 21st in the NFL. Now, he's been very, very successful when he does push the ball down the field. 8 of 15 for 225 yards and three of his four touchdown passes have come when he's launched the ball 20 yards or more down the field. In fact, he's got the, he has the best passer rating in the NFL right now on deep throws. 76.2% of his throws are to his first read, number two in the NFL. Uh, him and Jordan Love with the Packers are the only two quarterbacks above 75% against. There's some influence there by the screen game. Trevor Lawrence is under pressure. 29.8% of his dropbacks, six lowest in the NFL. Now, his passer rating, his splits when he's pressured compared to when he's kept clean are drastically different. A passer rating of 64.3 under pressure, 97.3 when he's kept clean. That's a huge difference. His completion percentage under pressure, 45.7%. His completion percentage when kept clean, 74.1%. So you can... Obviously, see, getting pressure on Trevor Lawrence is absolutely critical. Now, I've watched all of Trevor Lawrence's games this year, and my big takeaways from just watching him play and really comparing him to the quarterbacks the Bills have faced to this point, which are Zach Wilson, Sam Howell, Jimmy Garoppolo, and Tua Tungavailoa, is that this guy has some legit, dynamic, physical tools. He can make hard throws. He can really work the ball down the field. He can make those tough throws outside the numbers. He can drive it. He's got good mobility. He's a good runner. You cannot take him for granted. This guy can take off and really eat away a bunch of yards. He's got good vision, good contact balance, and he's he's pretty explosive as a runner You know, for a 6'6 quarterback, and he can win off script as well. And so the point that I just want to make here is that his physical talent can stress the Bills unlike any player the Bills have faced this year, and this is an ascending young quarterback in the league that, you know, the the volume, the production hasn't been overwhelming to this point, but it's coming because he's really gifted and they're getting some reinforcements back on offense this week at left tackle and Cam Robinson, Zay Jones probably back this week, and I expect this offense to kind of hit its stride. Maybe not this week against the Bills, but at some point it's going to wake up, and a big reason why is this quarterback that they have, Trevor Lawrence, who's very, very dynamic and very, very gifted. All right, we're going to get into the rest of this Jaguars offense here in just a moment. But first, I got to tell you about Bird Dogs, folks. My nephew, he is 16 years old. He wanted something for his birthday. He told us that he wanted some new shorts. Well, I knew exactly what to get him. A pair of Bird Dog shorts because they make the best shorts. They make the best joggers. And I wanted to get him some high quality stuff. They're awesome. They're they're made perfectly, honestly. Like they have this stretch fabric that is designed to give you like a sculpted look through your thighs, fits slimmer than typical shorts. They don't have that stiff, restricting cotton. 
They fit really, really well. They have this cloud knit fabric that it kind of looks like khakis, but it stretches and just makes you look good. And, and you don't have to sacrifice movement. Like it's very free flowing. They also have this anti-stink sweat whipping, wicking fabric that keeps you cool and dry all day long. I love the versatility of bird dogs. I can wear them to the gym. I can wear them to the golf course. I can wear them out on date night just to be casual around the house. And they just work. So their joggers, their shorts are the best in the business. And they also right now we have a deal. You go to birddogs.com slash lockdown NFL, use our promo code lockdown NFL. They give you a free water bottle at checkout. So I got one of these because I just got that pair of bird dogs for my nephew. And I got this, and it's my new favorite water bottle to take to the gym. Love the handle on it. You can hear the ice in there. This was filled up yesterday. It's still cold and full of ice. So you get an awesome water bottle with your purchase at checkout. Check them out again, birddogs.com slash lockdown NFL. You won't want to take your bird dogs off. We promise you. The offensive coordinator for the Jaguars is Press Taylor. He's Zach Taylor's brother, the head coach of the Cincinnati Bengals. 35 years old, was with Doug Peterson in Philly, and um, came over and his, is his offensive coordinator. In 2022, the Jaguars were 10th in scoring offense, 10th in total yards. This year, they're scoring 20 points per game, which is 20th in the NFL. They're getting six yards per pass, which is 18th. 3.6 yards per rush, which is 26th. They're turning it over 10.6% of their possessions, which is 17th. They score a touchdown, on, or they score, just score 31.9% of the time, which is 19th in the NFL. Third down conversions, very low, only 31.4%. That's 29th in the league. And the red zone touchdown percentage is only 44%, which is 26th. And so kind of have a lot more expectations for this offense. It has not hit its stride to this point. There's been some issues with the interior of the offensive line. Again, Zay Jones missed a couple of games. They're still acclimating Calvin Ridley. Their depth at running back hasn't quite been what I think they expected it to be. So a lot here that they're still trying to sort out with this offense. Personnel-wise, let's talk about it. Their receivers, their number one receiver is Christian Kirk. They signed him last year to a pretty big contract, and he rewarded them. He really produced, and he's off to a pretty good start again this year. Uh, he's complimented by Calvin Ridley, who, former first-round pick of the Falcons, had a big year three years ago. Then he had the suspension due to gambling, missed all of last year. Now he's back. He's part of this offense. He's been kind of streaky. Looks pretty explosive. He's had some drop issues. I think his drop rate is only over 20% right now, um, and so I'm sure he'll stabilize at some point. He still had good production to this point, but the reliability hasn't been there. And then Zay Jones, you guys know him, former Bills receiver, went to the Raiders. And then, of course, Jacksonville and has really kind of been a solid receiver since. And Trevor Lawrence trusts him. He missed two games this year, and I think they're expecting to get him back. So their top three receivers, wide receivers, are Christian Kirk, Calvin Ridley, and Zay Jones. At tight end, Evan Ingram is a big part of this offense. Uh, very versatile tight end, not necessarily one that you look at and think of as this dynamic inline blocker, but they can move him around. And he's an athletic mismatch for, for most teams to deal with. And so the Bills will have a hands full with him. Luke Farrell is the backup, kind of a, a solid across-the-board player that's a good blocker, can do more of the inline stuff uh, to free up Evan Ingram. At running back, it's Travis Etienne, the first-round pick a few years ago, coming off of a pretty productive season. He's been okay to start the year. I don't think he's been super consistent confidence-wise in terms of vision and, and making good decisions with the with the football, but he's very, very explosive and 
can really be a, a home run threat anytime he touches the football. Their backups, Tank Bigsby, Dearness Johnson. Bigsby, a rookie out of Auburn this year, a physical downhill back. He's had a fumble this year. I don't think he's quite earned the trust of the staff. And then Dearness Johnson, who I think is a good RB3, but doesn't get a ton of work in this offense. And so the way that the running backs have worked, I mean, it's 69 carries for ETN. Then you have 12 for Bigsby and six for Johnson, right? So it's pretty much the Travis ETN show right now at running back. When it comes to targets for this offense, 33 for Christian Kirk, 29 for Evan Ingram, 27 for Calvin Ridley, 15 for Travis Etienne, and then Zay Jones has 13, but he did miss two games. And so that's their playmakers. It's Christian Kirk, Calvin Ridley, Zay Jones, Evan Ingram, Travis Etienne. That's the focal points of their offense. Those are their playmakers. On the offensive line, they get a big reinforcement this week. Cam Robinson, their starting left tackle, he's back from suspension and I think it's the expectation that he's going to be the left tackle. And then the left tackle who's filled in for him, who's played quite well, is Walker Little. He slides into left guard and not really a spot he's had much experience. Uh, so far, he's not played a single regular season snap in the NFL at guard, but he did have 33 reps at left guard during this year's preseason. And so I think this was something they had some foresight on and anticipated that when Cam Robinson returned from suspension, Walker Little would come inside and play left guard. Never really thought of him as a guard. Definitely a guy that I thought would have a career at tackle, and I I still think that's probably his best position. So kind of an interesting dynamic with him really getting tested for the first time in a regular season game at guard. Uh, Their center is Luke Fortner, second-year player, young, soft anchor guy, really, really athletic, brings a lot to this offense in terms of his movement skills, especially with how much screen game they want to run. Uh, but he's got a soft anchor, and you can definitely push him back into gaps in the run game. And so Daquan Jones and Oliver need to be really excited about their matchups against him. Brandon Scherf, a long-term starter in the NFL, started his career, obviously, with Washington. He came over in a big free agency deal uh, with Jacksonville. He's their right guard. And then their right tackle is their first-round pick, a rookie, Anton Harrison, out of Oklahoma. I thought he struggled a lot in his first two games, but the last two, he stabilized quite a bit, and so um, he's a rookie, so you definitely perk up when you hear that, but it's been pretty firm over there the last couple of games. So what are my keys for the Bills' offense, excuse me, for the Bills' defense against this Jaguars' offense? Number one, it's pressure on Trevor Lawrence. We talked about the splits. The completion percentage comes way down. The passer rating comes way down. you got to pressure this guy and um, make him worse, right? Most quarterbacks are worse when they're under pressure. This guy has a lot of physical arm talent. A lot of mobility, you know, certainly the most gifted quarterback the Bills have faced to this point. And so I think you have to be ready for some of those new challenges that come with him because he has he has access to more than any of these other quarterbacks the Bills have faced. And I mean that in terms of movement, in terms of where he can put the football down the field. So pressure on Trevor Lawrence is critical. Number two is you got to challenge the middle of this offensive line. You've got a left guard in Walker Little that's making his first career start at left guard. You have a center in Luke Fortner who has been pretty shaky. You really have to stress those two players. And, of course, you want, you want to stress the right tackle as well, but I think he's shown a lot more in the last two games. I think Walker Little and Luke Fortner are two guys that you got to really stress. Number three is be ready for the screen game. Screen recognition is going to be huge, and I thought that was better against Miami, not so much against the Raiders and Commanders. So you need to be ready for screen game, get population to the football, 
and understand that, you know, about 20% of the time, this team is running screens when they throw it. So you got to be ready for that. You got to be good tacklers. And then number four, win situational football. Went through it. This team, the Jaguars, have not been good on third downs. They have not been good in the red zone. So they're not sustaining drives, and they're not capping off drives the way that they should. And so this offense is going to wake up at some point. That needs to not be in week five. It needs to wake up down the line. And you certainly feel good about this Bills defense, the way that they're playing, what they did against Miami. They certainly have some newness this week with no Trey White available, potentially Von Miller back. We'll see what happens with Rousseau. I'm not optimistic there. Uh, so there's going to be some different ingredients, but I still feel like the Bills should be able to play high-level defense and make sure that this isn't the week that the Jaguars' offense wakes up. All right, we're going to talk about this Jaguars' defense here against the Bills' offense in just a moment. But first, I need to tell you about Prize Picks, folks. Check it out. Prize Picks is the funnest, most exciting, easiest way to play daily fantasy sports. I love the format. It's awesome. It's just you versus the numbers, not you versus thousands of other players, including pros, including Sharks. It's just you versus the numbers. Here's what you do. You select two or more players, you pick more or less on their projected stats, and you place your entry. That's it. doesn't take long. You can make an entry in under a minute, and when you win, the withdrawals are super, super quick. Love watching football. Love it even more when I have a prize picks entry going into games. It just makes it that much more exciting. So go to prizepicks.com slash NFL. Use our promo code LOCKEDONNFL for a first deposit match up to $100. Again, that's prizepicks.com slash NFL. Use our code Lockdown NFL. That'll get you a first deposit match up to $100. Prize picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. The defensive coordinator for the Jaguars is Mike Caldwell, 52 years old, in his second season in Jacksonville, in his second season as an NFL defensive coordinator, was a linebackers coach previously with the Bucks, Jets, Cardinals, and Eagles. Kind of came up under Todd Bowles. So if you think about the staples of those Jets and Bucks defenses under Todd Bowles, some odd fronts, very good run defense, want to play some press man coverage on the outside. That's the style of defense the Bills are going up against. And I think that's a good thing because it's the next couple teams that they face are a lot of that, where you have the Giants and you have uh, the Bucks as well coming up. So a good little primer here for some of the defenses stylistically that you're going to face coming up. Uh, In 2022, the Jaguars were 24th in yards, 12th in scoring defense. So far this year, they're allowing 20.5 points per game, which is 12th, 333 yards per game, which is 17th, 6.4 yards per pass play, which is 22nd, 3.9 yards per rush, which is 12th. They get a turnover 18% of drives, which is very good. That's fourth. They are allowing scores on 27.3% of drives, which is 27th. They get pressure on the quarterback, 26% of pass plays, which is 10th best, but their sack rate's pretty low, only 6%. That's 22nd. And so, like I mentioned already, like a weird slate of offenses that they faced. The Falcons with Desmond Ritter, the Chiefs, Patrick Mahomes, kind of week two, you know, the Chiefs offense hasn't quite woken up yet. Faced Houston and gave up, I mean, how many points did they give up to Houston? Like 33 points? 37 points to Houston. The Colts with Anthony Richardson, a rookie quarterback, their first start. I don't know. It's hard to really gauge how good this defense is. I like a lot of their talent, um, but how good is it? You know, I think I think there's some questions about that. Uh, let's talk about their personnel. Uh, on the edge, uh, Josh Allen, the other Josh Allen, Trayvon Walker, former first round or number one pick in his second season. 
Caleb on chase on who was a first round pick a few years ago that really hasn't amounted to much. And then Yasir Abdullah, a rookie this year. So Josh Allen's their guy, right? I mean, has been a pretty consistent disruptive player throughout his first four plus seasons, right? He's playing on the fifth year option this year. Um, kind of a streaky player. We saw what he did last time he played the bills. So I'm certainly mindful of that. Uh, that's kind of their guy when it comes to the D line. Now, Trayvon Walker, as the number one overall pick last year, a lot of expectations there. He's always kind of been a raw player, right? Unbelievable athlete, great length, but has it amounted into playmaking? It never really has. Not at Georgia, not yet for the Jaguars. So um, we'll see when the breakout happens. It hasn't come yet. And then a couple of toolsy guys in Chase on and Abdullah who are great athletes, but playmaking, right? That's what you're looking for. Like great athletes, but can you make plays? Haven't quite seen it yet from either of those guys. On the interior, their best player to me is Roy Robertson Harris, long-term veteran in the league. Um, he's their most consistent interior rusher as well as run defender. That's their best player inside. And then it's a bunch of other guys like Fali Fadikasi. They paid him a decent contract to come over. Hasn't made that much of an impact. Jeremiah Ledbretter, kind of a long-term rotational guy across the league, not a huge impact guy. Same thing with Adam Gostis, Angelo Bloxon. Like those types of guys have been, to me, rotational players in the NFL. And I'm not sure that they have really a, a starter, like an, a, a quality starter outside of Roy Roberts and Harris within this interior defensive line. Now at linebacker, they have a good one here in Foye Olakun. They gave him a contract to come over from Atlanta. Very, very athletic player. Had a good first season there. And he's off to a good start in year two um, with the Jaguars. That's going to be their best player on the second level. Now, they have Devin Lloyd, but I don't know if he's going to play. I don't think he's going to. He has a thumb injury, and I think he's expected to miss time here. Um, and so they'll turn to Chad Muma, second-year player out of Wyoming, a player I liked coming out. Uh, but I thought he was pretty rough uh, last week against the Atlanta Falcons and didn't play that much as a rookie, uh, you know, maybe 500 snaps or something like that. So a young player. Um, that is still finding his way, likely the starter next to Foye Olakun. Now, this cornerback situation is pretty good, especially their outside guys. Tyson Campbell is one of the rising stars in the league at corner. Very, very long, very, very athletic. I mean, you talk about physical traits at corner, he's got them. You know, you think about Tyson Campbell, Reek Wolin, Sauce Gardner, like those are the premier young athletic, bigger corners out there with good length. Uh, so he'll be a big test for the Bills. And then Darius Williams, who's kind of the opposite of Tyson Campbell, where he's like 5'9", 187 pounds, has played some slot in the NFL, but he's doing a nice job as an outside corner for Jacksonville. And then their slot player, who's Trey Herndon, who, or who's he's been there forever, it feels like. Um, I don't know that he's a quality performer in the slot, but he's got a lot of time uh, in Jacksonville and um, he plays a ton. So that's their slot player at safety. They got a good one here in Andre Cisco, young player out of Syracuse, big time athlete, good size, physical hitter, and really good ball skills. And so Josh Allen will need to account for that guy because he can really, really be disruptive at the catch point. And his, his athleticism for his size is really good. I think he's going to be, you know, a star in this league and a guy that probably one of the better safeties in the league already and probably for a long time. His running mate, Rayshon Jenkins, average starter in the NFL. So what are my keys to this Bills offense against this Jags defense? Well, first of all, take care of the football. 
That's what cost you last time against this team. You didn't take them seriously. You, you turned over the football. You didn't play good ball. And they've got some guys here in terms of athletes that are that have a propensity to take away the football and Tyson Campbell and Darius Williams and Andre Sisco and Foye Olakun, Josh Allen, Trayvon Walker, super, super toolsy. And they have three, three takeaway games already this year. They forced three takeaways against the Colts, the Texans, if I'm there, there's the Colts, Chiefs, and the Falcons. They didn't get any against the Texans. And so you got to take care of the football. This team's turning it, taking it away at a high clip. You got you to gotta not fall into that this week. Take care of the ball. Number two is don't let Josh Allen steal the show. He did last time. And not that Josh Allen steals the show every week against the opponent, but we've seen him do that to this team, and I can't help but think about it, right? I mean, you might feel the same way. And so you got to have a plan for that guy. And like I said, they do have some dynamic physical talents here in Josh Allen and Trayvon Walker. Foye Olakun, Andre Sisco, Tyson Campbell. Those guys have all the tools in the world. Got to be mindful of those guys. And then number three is stress the depth and play matchups. For all the good talent that we talked about, Chad Muma is going to be starting. Trey Herndon in the slot. Doesn't scare me. How do you dictate terms against those guys? They got their players, right? They have good players. But in their sub packages, how do they match up against 12 personnel? When you put Davis and Diggs in the slot, can Herndon handle that matchup? Are they going to have Tyson Campbell travel around? Like, I think the Bills can really stress these back seven players, and you should be able to find favorable matchups. And so stress it and find those matchups and go after it. Because you can have some really, really good matchups that favor what you offer. Even, I mean, Darius Williams, I respect him a lot. He's 5'9". Can you get him isoed up on Gabe Davis? You get him isolated up on one of your tight ends. You should be able to do that type of stuff with the versatility that you have on offense. So those are my keys. Take care of the football. Don't let Josh Allen steal the show and stress the depth and play matchups. Special teams real quick. The Jaguars have some stuff to mention here. Their kicker, Brandon McManus, uh, was with Denver forever. Really solid NFL kicker. Big leg. He can hit it from distance. 82% for his career making field goals. He had one blocked. Uh, recently, and he missed another this year. So um, 82% kicker, again, long-term experienced guy. Their punter is Logan Cook, outstanding punter, his sixth season in Jacksonville. I think he's probably one of the 10 best punters in the league. And then their return guy, Jamal Agnew. He's electric. Seven career return touchdowns. He's a great ball handler. I'm not interested in messing around with him at all. You know me, I love the idea of kicking it short and forcing returns. Not against this guy. I need Tyler Bass booting this ball out of the end zone over and over again. I need Sam Martin to make sure he's drawing fair catches and having good directional punts that are pinned towards the sidelines because this is the type of guy that can really change a football game with how explosive he is and how good of a ball handler he is. So I have no interest in seeing Jamal Agnew with the ball in his hands uh, as the Jaguars kick and punt returner. So not, not the week to mess around with that type of stuff. This guy can really, really make you pay. So that's the Jaguars. There it is, my primer, what the Bills need to do to get this win. Uh, a football team that I think is a sleeping giant, the Jaguars. And so you want to make sure they wake up some point after Sunday uh, because it's coming. There's a lot of talent on this team, and that they have not played to their, their expectation quite yet. Uh, 
not our last conversation. In fact, I'm going to have uh, two more podcasts coming for you this week. We're going to do a first quarter report card on the Bills as a kind of a bonus episode this week. And then, of course, our typical Saturday conversation with uh, Dr. Kyle Trimble of Banged Up Bills. There's a lot to get into with Trey White, Von Miller, Greg Rousseau. Plenty of uh, important injury details to discuss in addition to my final thoughts and five predictions for the game. So don't miss anything. Make sure that you're subscribed. We'd love it if you took a second to rate, review, and share the podcast. Have a great rest of your day. Go Bills. And I look forward to catching up with you again real soon.